Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day, wherever you are. My name is Herb. I'm an alcoholic. <clears throat> Welcome to our adventure into step four. Just one part of it. My website's up for a good reason, and that is <clears throat> that the documents I'll be referring to are on my website. So you don't need to do anything with that information at this present time. But if you didn't know that, my website is a wonderful resource for many things, not the least of which is the way of life document, which contains the worksheets that we'll be using today. We're going to talk about step four. Notice I have a word in all caps. That's, this is the words from the big book, other than the caps on moral. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Moral is not in contrast to immoral. At least my take on these things. It suggests values, principles, a searching and fearless inventory of our principles, of our values. It puts a wonderful spin on the purpose of inventory. It's not judgment and beating ourselves up with a list of sins, but it's looking at our behavior to see what is the source of our suffering and perhaps how to correct it. Today, I want to talk about column, uh, column three and column four, but I'd like you to pray this revised set-aside prayer tailored to today's work. You're on mute. You're welcome to pray it out loud or to pray it silently or to just have the intention of an open mind and open heart without any prayer. God, please set aside everything that I think I know about myself, my unmanageability, my step four resentment work in you for an open mind and a new experience with myself, my unmanageability, my step four resentment work, and especially you. I plan on doing just a little bit of a context. I find that it's helpful from a learning standpoint for people to have a kind of a roadmap and to ask them some quest themselves some questions prior to digging into this deep work that we will do today. It's very deep work. It won't probably be as deep as we do on the weekly workshop but it will be sufficient to <clears throat> get a real taste of and experience with cracking the code 
what I call understanding how to do column three and column four. <clears throat> it's not intuitive. And quite frankly, it's not clearly described in the big book. More about that in a minute. But you're all here for a reason. Everybody has different reasons, but you have your personal reason and motive and value and benefit and hope and expectation today. Um, perhaps there's some place in you that's an agitation, maybe a resentment that hasn't been able to be resolved. This process helped me resolve, 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 eliminate all resentments permanently. It's huge. It's, 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 and it's an understatement, what I'm saying. It sounds like an overstatement. Quite frankly, it's not. How effective have your efforts been? Do you really want to change? What change would you like? These are not academic questions, please. I'm hoping you're responding to them at least within your heart right now. And if you have pen and paper, maybe making some notes about specifically, what would I like to change even today? It could change today. It could change today. You might leave this workshop today changed, not because you did anything, but because you discovered and you thought and you had a decision and you made a change in your attitude and approach or understanding of something. It'll happen like that. Sometimes it's instantaneous. It's like lightning. Other times it's like the dimmer switch. What's your invitation today? Think in terms of disturbance. That's the word Bill uses in step 10 in the 12 and 12. He says blithely in the 12 and 12, written in 19, published in 1953. It's a spiritual axiom. Whenever I'm disturbed, there's something wrong with me. I saw that in my first year of sobriety. I said, surely that can't be true. They haven't met my father and mother. They haven't met my wife, and they haven't met any of the bosses that I have. They're the problem. One year sobriety, I still felt the same way at four years until I did the work that we're doing today, and I understood what Bill said then in 1953 when he was about 20 years sober. Whenever I'm disturbed, I'm the problem. The problem is, as Gurdjieff said, he's a Russian philosopher back in the 19th century, all human beings are asleep, dreaming that they're awake. What I discovered in this process, and this is crucial to at least understand this intellectually, <clears throat> because it'll help then the approach. Notice belief is in a different color. Belief is the lens through which we look. Our beliefs 
column three that we'll be looking at in the resentment inventory will identify our beliefs. We'll work up from our behavior. We start with our behavior, the visible, and then we go to the conscious and then the unconscious. You know, I, I'm, I'm not over speaking. It's absolutely my experience. Through the third column, I penetrated. I was led to and delivered into an experience of my unconscious more clearly and more deeply and more effectively than I had ever been in any therapy. But if I'm looking through blue lenses, life is going to be blue. If I'm looking through brown lenses, life is going to be brown. If I'm looking through pink lenses, you see, we don't see the lenses through which we're looking because those are the lenses through which we're looking. And we don't look at the lens. So we don't know that we don't know that our vision is distorted because we have perceptions that are delusional. They're not based on reality. They're based on what our lens showed us. which generates thoughts which are demented, which generates feelings which are diseased, which generates attitudes which are distorted, which generates behavior which is dysfunctional. Yes, I like alliteration. But this isn't meant to be cute or poetic. This is a deep dive into science and psychology. That's why in the fourth step, we look at behavior and work our way backwards to take a look at and try to evaluate and get a sense of what is my belief. It takes work. It takes prayer. It takes guidance. I could not do this on my own. I'm reasonably intelligent, fairly well-educated. And I work hard at what I do. But until I had a man help me, a person help me who had experience with the big book, I could not decipher it. He was like the Rosetta Stone. You may have heard of the Rosetta Stone. That was the stone they discovered, I think it was in Egypt, that helped them interpret the hieroglyphics that they were looking at. It was a translation mechanism. A sponsor or a step guide is a Rosetta Stone that allows us to look at the big book and unpack it and understand what it says and have an experience that's implied and promised, but not very clear by my standards anyway. This is a cartoon I saw in the New Yorker magazine probably 40 years ago, but it was so profound in its implication because there's a second cartoon that you'll see in a minute. But this represents for me the bondage of addiction, certainly, but the bondage of ignorance. My ignorance. I didn't know that I didn't know, and I'm in jail and I'm pathetic. And my life is tattered.
Bill leads us up to the fourth step by having us have an experience with our powerlessness and our decision about power and about a relationship with power, and he suggests a prayer. This is a version of that prayer. I'm asking you to pray again. This is, I call it the prayer of consent. I've changed it just a little bit to make it more current in its language. You're welcome to join me out loud, actually. You're on mute. Or at least make sure you are, please. God, I offer myself to you to build with me and to do with me as you wish. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do your will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of your power, your love and your way of life. May I do your will always. He calls the third step a spiritual arch through which we walk to a new freedom. He introduced it in step two on page 47. He doesn't tell us earlier than that, that step one is the foundation, but I'm assuming it, this complete defeat, this surrender, this admitting, this conceding, these are all words used in the big book, of my inability to make effective choices, certainly with regard to my addiction, but also with regard to managing my life. It's the foundation of this spiritual arch, because he says willingness is the cornerstone. Step two, page 47. Willingness is, that's when he introduces this whole concept of a spiritual arch. I think it helps to see the spiritual arch because it gives us a total context. He says in step three, the step that we just acknowledged and reinforced our commitment with our prayer, he says, is the keystone. Willingness, the cornerstone, that first stone put on the foundation that sets the direction of the entire arch, the keystone that is the stone at the very apex of the arch, at the top of the arch, holding the entire arch together. That's how important it is. He doesn't mention it again until step five on page 75. That's after he's reviewed with us his instructions on resentment. It's all in caps because that's what we're going to do today. But step four is much broader than that. It's about fear, about sex, about dishonesty and secrets. What's the whole point of this, walking through this arch? Oops. <laughs> Should have been a term up there. Let's see if I can see it. It might be at the bottom. It's freedom. I'll have to change my slide. Under, underneath the arch there is freedom because that's the whole point of this exercise. This isn't a self-help exercise. This is an instruction to approach in prayer these suggestions 
so that there is spiritual intervention. You'll see, and I'll reinforce, in each segment of step four, resentment, fear, sex, dishonesty, Bill says, we have the ability and the responsibility to name it and to analyze it. Unfortunately, we can't do anything about changing it on our own power. Resentment is rooted deeply in us, and it requires a power other than us to remove it. The same with the other components of step four. The whole point, though, is freedom. This is that second cartoon that I was referring to. Notice the difference now. There are no walls. There are no ceiling, floor. There's nothing holding the bars in front of pathetic Herbie's face except Herbie's hands. And Herb looked through the bars, doesn't know that anything's changed, and as long as he's holding the bars in front of his face, he's in jail, despite the fact the bars are not connected to anything. This is so relevant to step four. Because step four allowed me to release my death grip on the bars. So that, in fact, I could walk free of resentments, walk free of fear, walk free of my historical dishonesty. Not that we're permanently free of any of it, Bill says in step 10 quite clearly, page 84, watch for resentment, fear, dishonesty, and selfishness when they crop up, not if they crop up. But step four cracks the code uh, to freedom and allows us to clean the slate so that we have a whiteboard going forward. We're going to do an inventory. This time I've highlighted the word inventory. I had an email conversation with one of the people that is very uh, pressed up against this on a regular basis. And he reminded me of some other people who have some approach to this work. Inventory, we call this step four, the Roto-Rooter. Yeah, no, it literally is cleaning out the pipeline to the sewer. Removing all the obstacles in us because of our poor perception of reality. If we look through brown glasses, the world is brown and we fill our pipe, our channel, our conduit, ourselves uh, with what we see. And this process is for us to name it, to be willing to have it removed by changing our attitude and our perception and being changed. A willingness to change and a willingness to be changed. 
again, one of my favorite images because it really does, it describes this evolution of the ego deflation, that depth that Bill talks about as the product of step four. Ego deflation at depth. We're not talking about healthy ego here. We're talking about unhealthy ego. In today's psychology jargon, they call it the false self. Each one of us has a genetic history. It, it's, it's pretty phenomenal to realize that there never has been, there currently is not, and there never will be a duplicate of you. You are unique, absolutely unique in your genetic history. It goes back millions of years through your biology and evolution. The doll here you've seen in gift shops, the Russian doll, that's a very large doll with replica dolls inside of it. They all look the same because this is my story. We're challenging now here, each person. What you're going to be looking at is your story, column three, column four, your story about life, your story about yourself, your story about other people. And your story's a fantasy. Your story's a lie. Your story's a delusion. And you don't know that you don't know. And I'm not accusing you of anything. And some of you have already done some work. So you know what I'm talking about. I'm absolutely not confronting or accusing anybody or judging anybody. I'm just sharing with you my experience and projecting it on you because I think it's the human condition. It's the human story. We have a family where our biology was grew a family that whose primary purpose is to form our personality. And most of us, especially when we're in addict, when we're addicts or in an addiction culture, they were supposed to form our personality. And quite frankly, they deformed our personality. It's not our fault. It's true. We were submerged in and impacted by irretrievably and irreparably damaged. I'm acknowledging that. It's my personal experience, not at the level that some of you have trauma, especially if you've had some emotional experiences in your young ages or your young teens or your young adulthood, psychological experiences or, or distorted education. There's lots of people who grew up in cultures that were very unhealthy. And all of this forms us, but the outside looks the same. The inside is just corrupt. And what the whole point of this ego deflation is to come to the true self, that spiritual meaning, that spiritual self, that original goodness, or as Father Thomas Keating, one of my teachers calls it, the core of goodness. so that we can then identify that and build from here. This is a story of survival. Every human being has three instincts, fight, flight, and freeze. At the biological level, we're talking about ground level stuff 
biology, fight, flight, freeze. Well, those are translated into the emotions of anger, fear, and dishonesty. Think about freeze, camouflage, hiding. This really helped me understand step four effectively. Bill basically had this concept, maybe not as clear as I'm presenting it, but he calls it instincts gone awry in the 12 and 12, instincts gone awry. Anger held is resentment. Fear held is that disabling fear that he talks about. Dishonesty held is that camouflage that provides that unhealthy development of sexual behavior. We want what we want when we want it, and we're not really concerned about other people, at least at the level of their well-being, because we're more interested in our well-being. Bill talks about selfishness, self-centeredness. Page 62 is the root of the problem. But these reactions are survival reactions from the brain stem, that first brain, and the limbic system, that second brain, that creates the emotions that create our false self. This is what we're looking at, the obstacles in ourselves, these basic human instincts. Today, we're just going to look at the resentment piece. The fear is very straightforward. The sex inventory is very straightforward from my standpoint and experience. Sometimes confrontation, sometimes difficult to untangle, but not nearly as complex or as hard to crack the code of as, as uh, at least my experience with the resentment inventory. In the, in the step four in the big book, Bill talks about self-centeredness as the root, as I mentioned, page 62, resentments as the behavior that comes from that root of self-centeredness, as I said, survival instinct. It's not our fault, it is our responsibility. Root, self-centered is the root of our fear. Self-centered is the root of our sexual dysfunction. Self-centered is the root of our hiding, camouflage, dishonesty, secrets, guilt and shame, in the healthy sense, unhealthy sense rather, guilt and shame. Again, it's in all caps because today that's going to be our only and single focus, resentments. Well, Bill's very clear, list them. I'm going to be very clear and simple right now. Do you have any resentment right now, currently, as you're sitting here listening, watching? Do you have any resentment of a person, a, a substantial one? Some, maybe something that's lasted for a day or a week or a month or decades. You might have a resentment toward your mother. You might have a resentment toward your father, your spouse or ex-spouse or ex-partner a brother or sister. Oh, you might have done lots of therapy work and lots of religious work and lots of step work around it. 
Ask yourself the question. If you think about them, you see their image, you see their name, you hear their name, or they enter a room, do you have any negative reaction to anybody? That's a resentment. Resentire. Sentire means in Latin to feel. Re means again, and we're talking about this negative feeling of anger. Are you disturbed? Broaden it. It might not be anger and or resentment, but it might be some form of disturbance. Let's use that. Be creative. My workshops have taught me, because people are suffering, they reach out and they become rather creative with these instructions and they, and they pivot off of the resentment word to grief or sadness or regret. They use all kinds of words that connote disturbed and they apply this mechanism of the third and fourth column and they identify the issue and they resolve the issue and they get free. Just one or two names at max three today, just for today. Because we just don't have a, that amount of time where we can do a lot of uh, broad work. We're going to try to do very deep work. One name would be sufficient. Two names, three at the max. Well, if you've written down a name or two or three, now ask yourself, why? Why are you angry? This is column two. Bill asks us to identify what's the cause? What's the reason? I was angry with Bob. Those of you who have been exposed to me know Bob because he was a colleague of mine, a peer of mine, and he tried to get me fired. I was angry with Bob, that's number one, because he tried to get me fired, number two. That's pretty straightforward. But now we come to the harder part. Bill uses the word, <clears throat> I'm looking now at page 65, affects my. He has two paragraphs in the big book at the bottom of page 64 and the top of page 65. And the two paragraphs are parallel paragraphs, somewhat redundant, very unlike Bill. He's a wordsmith. And in many different occasions, he has indicated that in basic English language, he learned to use different words in consecutive sentences because he wanted to avoid being redundant. It's the same with the paragraphs. He tries to be very careful about setting up these instructions and suggestions to be very clear. So it's surprising when he becomes redundant. In most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbook, our ambition, our personal relationship were hurt or threatened. So we were sore, we were burned up. He's talking about synonyms for resentment, hurt, threatened, sore, burned up. But then he repeats the idea using a couple different words on our grudge list, resentment. 
We said opposite each name our injury, resentment, and cause. Was it our self-esteem, security, ambition, personal or sex relations, which had been interfered with? He uses a different verb. At the top of page 65, he used the verbs hurt or threatened. Here, he uses interfered with. And then he gives us this matrix at the, on page 65. But do you recognize that there are no instructions as to what to do with this third column? I call it a third column because on the matrix, it's column three. He doesn't name it column three, but it's in column form. The first column are the people. The second column is the cause or reasons. And the third column are the effects. It affects my sexual relation. What does that mean even? And then how do I, what do I do with this? You see, my very first journey through the steps, I just did a cross match, like a puzzle. It was like a checkbox process, exercise. I got nothing out of it because it was brainless. It was like just making crap up. But I'm going to take you through the third column with a very effective interpretation and expansion of extension of this third column <clears throat> suggestion. It's about our self-esteem. That's the word he uses. This man said, it's about who you are. Not who you believe you are, but who you, how you react so that you can actually see underneath your belief the truth of what you believe, not what you think you believe. What do you believe about others? Who are they? What do you believe about life itself? One of the keys to cracking the code of the third column is the word should. I should, you should, they should, life should. We make up a story based on the word should. We don't know that that's what we're doing, but we're like a creative artist for Disney. It's a total fantasy and delusion. Who said they should, I should, life should? Where did you get that information? Certainly from yourself as a survival mechanism, from your family of origin as learned behavior, from your culture as learned behavior, from books and teachers as learned behavior. Have we ever really challenged it? Should? See, I believe this story that I have with all my heart. I don't know that I have a story. Anytime you use the word should, you're making visible one of your beliefs. I'm only going to work with uh, two items, the self-esteem and the pride today. I'm happy to address the rest of the 
variables. There are seven variables listed on in column three on page 65. And one was added there, pride, that's not in the two paragraphs. But you can listen to a more detailed description of this teaching by going to my YouTube workshops on Tuesday for 2021, where we spent several weeks on column three and then several weeks on column four, not only unpacking each word in the big book, but then illustrating it using the worksheets that Rainey had talked about that she had sent to you and that I talked about that are in my way of life document. And that's what I'm using right now. This column three worksheet from my uh, way of life document. Uh, this is a support system for the workshops. It, it's a little murky, not as clear as I would want it to be here, on, but it's enough for us to look at number one and number two, self-esteem and pride. Let's, let's play with it some. Consider when I resent Bob for trying to get me fired. Notice I just filled in column one and column two. Did it hurt, threaten, or interfere with my self-esteem? Well, in 1988, what is my deep belief about who I am? I am a prominent person in my profession in the city. My employer is lucky to have me. I'm the best salesman that they have. I'm very intelligent. I'm a hard worker. I'm a major contributor. Well, what is my fear? Notice Bill has fear next to a couple of the variables, but not all of them. This man who took me through the steps and suggested with his interpretation, uh, this format, he said, let's put fear next to each one of these variables, self-esteem, pride, ambition, security, personal relations, sex. I'll talk about that in a minute. <clears throat> Pocketbook. Let's, let's look at fear to see what pops up in you from a feeling standpoint when you contrast it with what you put down as your self-esteem, I am. Notice the prompter there is not, I am not. Many of us get confused here. Well, confused from my standpoint, it's not helpful to use psychological self-esteem. Many of us have very low self-esteem. That's our sense of ourselves, even some self-loathing. But we're looking at our reaction here to other people's identifying us as unworthy or less than or loathsome. And we are reacting to it. So obviously, we don't believe what they're saying at the emotional level because we're having an emotional reaction to it. We might at the cognitive level, oh yeah, they see me correctly, I'm a piece of shit, but I'm angry that they called me a piece of shit. Because down deep, underneath the underneath the underneath, literally unreachable by my consciousness, I don't believe it for a minute. That's why I have the reaction. So, this man said, it's always going to be a positive statement. Use it, stretch, be uncomfortable, 
In fact, blow it up. Be, be outrageous in your comment. I am a superior employee. I am the best employee in Los Angeles. I am the master salesman. I am the superstar. What is my fear? Oh, as soon as I asked that question, I had never seen that I had any fear at all until I asked that question in contrast to what I had just written, this bloated, uh, e e extravagant concept of my self-esteem. I had the experience, wow. I may not be as good as I think I am. Or what is my fear? People won't see me for who I want to be seen as. These were not nuances. This was new information for me. Pride is not the pride of the seven capital sins. Now, it's a word that's used on page 65. Bill doesn't give us any definition. But this man had had an experience with his own step guide of defining it and then unpacking it. How do I want other people to see me being treated by Bob? Well, he said, put yourself on a stage with Bob and put an audience of your coworkers in the theater. How do you want the coworkers, the audience in the theater to see Bob treating you on the stage? I want my coworkers to see Bob treating me with respect. He said, is that all you want is respect, Herb? How would you really stretch, step outside of the box, be irreverent, be outrageous? How would you really, in your heart's fantasy, want the audience to see Bob treating you? Well, when he walks into the room, I want him to bow his head and deflect his eyes. I want him to bow in front when he addresses me. I want him to be in awe of me. It was embarrassing to even think the thought. And yet, once I thought the thought, I got, yep, I'd kind of really like that. What is my fear is the audience will see that his disrespect is, in fact, what is appropriate. And they'll all disrespect me. And I discovered for the very first time what was just so obvious. It had never been ex exposed or experienced in therapy, but it was just so obvious. I had a major fear of public humiliation, of being observed as wrong or being interpreted as wrong. And it created an incredible tension in my persona, probably one of the origins of my original beginning to drink to release that tension. It was a huge revelation to me. All right, so we're going to stop here and do some work. I want you to take a look at your resentment and then ask yourself, who am I? What is my self-esteem here? I'm on a stage with this person or this institution that I have a resentment for. 
let's keep it to people or institutions. People is the easiest thing to do. Who are you? Answer the question, I am. See, what is my deep belief about who I am? It's not going to be negative. It's going to be a positive statement. You're standing in front of your mother or your father or your ex-partner or your partner with whom you have a resentment, whoever it is, on a stage, in your mind's eye, in your heart of hearts, who are you? I am. And then ask you, yourself, what is my fear? Is it indicating to you some nuance or something but rather black and white as a contrast to what you believe about yourself? And the flip side of the coin is pride. It's a wonderful way to either get at self-esteem or to confirm the accuracy of your appraisal of self-esteem. And that is, how do you want other people to see you being treated by this person? How do you want other people, the people in the audience, to see you being treated by this person on the stage with whom you have this resentment? It sounds a little circuitous, but it's not. It requires a little imagination, a little stretch, perhaps. But in your heart of heart, what would be your fantasy about how you would want your neighbors to see your dad or mother treating you? I'm going to take it down now, all right? Now, I'm, I'm going to do a quick assessment of the ambition is what do I want? Security is what do I need? Very different connotations. Personal relations is what's my story about family, mothers and fathers? This man said about the sex relations, he said, maybe it's not about sex in the sense of genital sex, but it's about gender since the third component of the step four instructions in the big book is in fact about sex, genital sex. So perhaps Bill meant gender here. He was way ahead of his time in thinking about gender relations. What's my belief about men? What's my belief about women? What's my belief about fathers? What's my belief about mothers? What's my belief about husbands? What's my belief about wives? What's my belief about brothers? What's my belief about sisters? What's my belief about bosses in the workplace, male bosses or female bosses? It might, it might surface some stories that you've been exposed to or developed because of whatever reason that are not healthy. Pocketbook may be about money, but it might just be about some type of value proposition. I, I want to limit it, though, this workshop to self-esteem and pride, because those are the two, once you crack the code of your belief about who you are, the self-esteem is about what I believe, the pride is about how I want other people 
to see me and that reveals to me again underneath what I believe. It confirms that. I call it the flip sides of the same coin. If you have trouble approaching and cracking the code on self-esteem, go to pride. How do you want other people to see this person treating you? That will reveal a little bit as to who you actually believe about yourself. And if it doesn't do that, there's probably something amiss with the way you approach self-esteem. So I'm going to release the PowerPoints now and talk and have you talk to me about questions that you might have or experiences that you might have with doing this work right now, right now, or in the past, if you've done it before and you've got something that's left over that hasn't been resolved with your sponsor or step guide or workshop. Okay, so um, I I've been, I'm in another step study and have gone through some of this, but when I saw your, um, your, your workshop, I signed up for it and um, because, and I found that there's so many resentments that I have in my life that I, you know, cause I started writing my step um, five stuff. Um, but anyway, um, I have a resentment towards someone that leads me to like, <clears throat> it's, it, it's a resent. I don't know if you want me to say what it is or not. Well, it's up to you. Okay. Well, um, it, it's from 23 years ago. Um, I had a very, very close friend or well, became very close friends with my neighbor and um, uh, her sister and her were didn't talk for seven years. And um, I used to try to get them to talk. Tell me about the resentment. Okay. So the resentment is, is that they, they died in a plane crash. My friends. You have and a resentment that they died. It's not that they died. The resentment is the, is that her sister took the children when she had like she brought, she took the children in her house and kind of pushed us out of, pushed me out of it. Okay. After the death. After the death, and um, and right. we, had, we and we had talked about, um, and I knew that they weren't close, and it, it, but then we had talked. The person that died and I had talked right before it happened about me taking the children. Yeah. So my right. resentment is that they kind of manipulated the She manipulated the children and took them. Yeah, and you, it kind of cut me out. Her of sister, life. her sister took her yes. sister's kids after yes. the death. Yes. All right. All right. And you have a resentment about that. So I have a resentment. Yes. yes. So who are you? What's your self-esteem? Well, I feel my self-esteem is that I'm a. Uh, I was a great friend, a great mom. Uh, I was. Re I'm reliable and smart and work hard. And yep. um, you know, I I yep. didn't wasn't. I just feel like I have everything. I have everything necessary to raise these kids properly. Correct. Exactly. And what's your fear? My fear is that um, that if I that I didn't have everything, that it's a really difficult job, and I didn't. I probably did. I don't know. My fear is that I would. I'm not looked at as a good enough mom or a great friend. Or it's very different. See, I'm not looked at. Right. As a great mom. Because you're now, that's wonderful. That's great. That's a, there's no right answer here. There's just your reaction to it. Okay. So what's, what did you put down for, did you write down something for pride? Um, yeah, I said, um, I want her to, if I'm on a stage, I want her to um, be treating me as if I'm, I'm more special in her sister's life than she was at the time. Okay. 
Yes, of um, course you do. Yes. And that I was a very close friend and yes. um, special to the children. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I was better to her, to Debbie and that um, her sister and yeah. that her choice was for me to, to have her children and not her. And right. uh, yes, exactly. And, and what's your fear? Well, my fear is that the, the children don't know this and that, that well, the children, you know, grew up, well, they're adults now and that they, I'll fade, they'll fade out of my life, yeah. you know, yeah. in a way. Yeah, there's no right or wrong answer. That, I mean, you could have gone many different directions of that answer, couldn't you? In terms yeah. of and kind of, I, mm -hmm. it kind of brings me to kind of a resentment to the children in a way for like not knowing, understanding all of this. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, all right. So I, I, you, I think you're, you're uh, looking at this in a very healthy way. Mm -hmm. You're setting yourself up now for the column four work that we'll be doing in about another 30 minutes. Right. So, yeah. So just I, yeah, it's how like, your experience with doing this or, or in the past, what, what. Well, yeah. it's, you know, I thought, you know, I, 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 I just, when I thought about all my other resentments, I thought about current resentments. I, I didn't like. It sounds current. Yeah, it is current, but it's like so old. It no, it's not so old. Long no, ago, no, 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 no. It's not old. Yeah. No, it has history, but it's not old. Oh, no, I could smell the smoke right now. Yeah. No, it's right there. It's burning hot right now. You, you, I mean, you, in fact, you, you took it a little bit. You surprised yourself. Oh, my God, I think I'm resentful to the kids. Yeah. Yeah, because they haven't learned about this. They should know this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been a very important person. And could have been such a more important person in their lives. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, so it's not going to get resolved here because this is the column three. It doesn't get resolved until column four. Okay. Are you willing to just hold this now? Yes. All right. All right. Yes. Thank you. But bring it up again when we do column four, okay? Okay. Thank Wonderful. you. Thanks very much. I'm here because um, I am in step four with my sponsor presently. Um, I attend your Tuesday workshop. And then I saw this pop up and my friends were like, are you going to the resentments workshop? And my first instinct was, no, I'm doing a ton of work right now. I'm going to just, I'm not, but I'm like, I'm in step four. Why would I not come when it's, it's like just even just this work that we've done. So like, I'm like, wow, I know how to do this. And this is what I'm doing. So I also have never done step four. I've always dipped at step four. I've not gotten this, this far. So I can say I've never been sober because I believe having not done the work that I've never had a spiritual awakening to, to say I had something to lose because I was never awake. Um, and I, I've been in AA, but not since I was 19 with lots of bad, bad things happening in between. And I'm 36. So I'm so grateful. And I want to hold on to this feeling, this lightness, this brightness that I'm experiencing. So that's the context of my being here. Um, so um, uh, let me just comment, though. You're, yeah. as, you're as sober as you are uh, uh distant from having a drink or a drug all right so don't mitigate that with sane mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're sober but maybe that. not sane in the sense of right. 
And, yeah. and the very fact that you're sober probably means that you had some form of a spiritual awakening. It might have been subtle, but that's a gift to be sober. So Absolutely. now you're beginning to thaw out sufficiently to wake up. That's really my experience also. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and so when you said to start listening, because I, I did one and I've done like one column one and one and, and two, half of two. I haven't gotten through all of the the reasons for the resentments. I just it's been a week. I've been working on step four for a week. Um, so when you said to, you know, to pick a couple people, I just picked my grandma and just there were like 30 resentments that just flowed, you know. Sure. Um, and um, so I'll, the first one is is kind of like a minor resentment, it would seem. Uh, but it was the first one that I remember like acknowledging as a child, the one that kind of kicked off a lot more to come. My grandma, I was raised by my grandparents and my grandma uh, was in active alcoholism growing up. So the resentment is um, uh, I resent my grandma Judy for stealing money from me as a child. Okay. Uh, All so right. I was and who like, are you? Uh, no, no, don't need oh, any part. Okay. So who um, are you? Self-esteem. I am someone who wouldn't do this to anyone else, especially not to a child. Right, right. But all right. So try to tell me a little bit more, though, of who you are, not who you're not. I wouldn't do that. It's oh. not who you are. Okay. Who are you okay. as a person? Hold it, hold it, hold it. Today, holding this resentment, who are you? Well, my... I, I, can I see my fear so we can, because I'm, I'm try that, try that. So my fear is that I am exactly the kind of person who would do this in my alcoholism. So, because I don't know, am I supposed to go back as a child or as the person? Wait, no, 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 no. Hold, hold, take a deep breath. Relax, relax. Take a deep breath. Relax now. Yeah, it's important it's to talk, relax. you know. It's this is life-changing life work. Relax. It's not going to happen in 30 seconds. All right, it's gonna just happen, all right? And you can't control it. So it's about the present moment. Who am I at the present moment? And it sounds like I am a person of integrity that would never disadvantage a child or something like that, right? My fear is, oh my God, I am a person God. who would in fact take advantage of other people. Mm -hmm. All right. So what did you write for pride? Sorry, I just want to get that down. That <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. I see you put it in a present tense. So that helps me. Please, with please. Present tense. Stay uh, because it's a current resentment. Yeah, I got you. Uh, yeah. I mean, let, let's say it differently. It's a current feeling about the past. It's a current feeling about the person. It's a the person might be dead. It's a current feeling about a dead person, but it's a current feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. That's the blockage. That's the obstacle. That's the cloud in us to the sunlight in us. Go ahead, please. All right. Uh, oh, pride. What did you write for pride? I put others should see Grandma Judy treating me with love and respect. Um not taking advantage of me yeah yeah. Uh, yeah what's your fear that others will see me as weak easily taken advantage of so ego um yeah 
but you see how the pride the, uh, on the left-hand side gives you even some more words for the self-esteem. Read it again as if it were an answer to self-esteem. Read it as I am. Uh, others should see, wait, or I am someone yep. worthy of love and respect. There you go. I am not weak. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm not easily taken advantage. I'm not naive. I, I need to put that in there. All right. Uh, all right. Well, you, you, you just creatively expanded it beyond my direction. And that was, and it worked really well. You included your fears in a positive way into your self-esteem. So now read it all together. The, the self-esteem, please. And, and the pride as a I am statement. Uh, so I am someone worthy of love and respect. I am not weak or easily taken advantage of. I am not naive. I am discerning. I am. I am deserving of love and whatever else you said there. I am deserving huh? of love. But you see how the, they're flip sides of the same coin. So if you've done a healthy job with self-esteem, yeah. it will be reinforced and confirmed and expanded by the pride all right cool yeah and now now it doesn't it doesn't have to be comfortable and it doesn't have to be the truth like oh my god that's not me at all but it is somewhere down in you a belief about yourself so this is beginning to surface some stuff that's underneath your consciousness mm -hmm. so that you can now deal with it all right. Cool. And then and then uh, like our prior uh, person, and I won't repeat it anymore. When we come to the fourth column, I hope you, the people who right. share now will step up and we'll do some fourth column work then. All right. Thank you. Do you have a resentment toward bosses in the workplace? Towards my boss right now. That's yeah. my issue. So, so who are you? What's your self-esteem? I am. how I personally feel about uh, myself. Um, you're on a stage with your boss. Nobody else is in the room. What is your belief about yourself there standing in front of your boss? What is your belief about who you are? I believe I'm competent, hardworking, and have good intent. Wonderful, clear. What, what is your fear? When, when, that, when you say that? That I'm not being seen as competent. Uh, yes. And hardworking. Yes, yes. It could go many ways, but that's, that's a very classic way of doing it. I feel this, I don't believe I'm going to be appreciated. Yes, That's exactly it. Exactly. And you have a resentment about that. That's right. How would you like other people to see your boss treating you on that stage? I would like other people to see me being treated with respect, appreciated. Um, yes. And being told that yes, you are hardworking, yes. you have good intent, and you're competent. Exactly. And when you say that, what's your fear? 
that my boss and others in my workplace are not seeing me like this. Yep, pretty consistent. All right, great. So that's very clear. It's only 50% of the story and the work because the fourth column does the, the balance of the work. So are you willing to just hold that now until we get to the fourth column? Yeah. All right. No, you're clear. You, you, from my standpoint, it sounds like you broke the code. All right. Oh, good. Yep. 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 Okay. All right. Thanks. Steph. Thank you for working through that with me. Yep. Thank you. So my um, my resentment is towards my father. This is just long-standing, long-standing. Um, so my resentment towards him is that he he doesn't really care. Um, he doesn't show me what I want him to show me. He doesn't do things for me. He yeah. doesn't show interest. That's yeah. my resentment. Yeah, and who are you? I am. I am, yeah, I'm lovable mm -hmm. and I'm worthy. All right. And uh, what's your fear when you say that? My fear is that I'm not that. My fear is that I'm, I'm a bad person and there's something in me inherently like yeah. Yeah. bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. No right or wrong answer. It's a feeling. It's just a feeling. All right. So that's great. Um, on the left hand side, we're in our head analyzing. On the right-hand side, we're in our heart feeling. So keep that in mind. It's a, it's, a, it's a healthy way of looking at separating the two because they're very different perspectives. So what's your pride there? How would you like other people to see your father treating you? If you were I'd on like stage and your family was in the audience or your friends? I'd like to see the... Um, I want the audience to see that my father is taking great interest in me, that he's caring for me, that he's doing things for me. Yeah, and what's your fear? My fear is that he doesn't really love me. Yeah. He doesn't care and that he'll die and all this unresolved stuff will be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I think you, you've got it in a healthy way. Set yourself up for doing the column four which we'll do um, in the second half of our time together, okay? Okay. Do you have questions about what you just did? Um, no, it's clear. Right. It okay. doesn't feel complete because it's not complete. <laughs> so I, I, mean, I, I, I respect your hesitation because it's not complete. It, it, there's not, there's no, no feeling of closure here until actually we do that fourth call. So just... Sit with the discomfort. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. The resentments I have, one's against my brother Greg, another against um, my my mother. Just take one. Which is the which is the one that you want to do? I think my brother. All right. Yeah. And so um, I'm having a little bit of a hard time, but I'll but I'll try. To... What's the resentment? Um. It's it's. Lots of history, obviously current. Um, I'll say back in the, the thing that's on my mind, a couple of things. What, something that happened in July, something that happened in October. And the July thing is... Like your, wait, 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 wait. What's your okay. current resentment? 
I don't care about the history of the event. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sitting okay. talking to me, you have a burning coal in your gut. Uh huh. What is that? I could start crying. Yes, I hope that's cracking you <laughs> up, and that's good. I mean, he is my brother, and I just hate him. I, yes, we're doing a resentment inventory. Yep, yep. Why? What did he do that has you so fired up? <laughs> well, I don't know how to answer the question without giving the history, and I will be I don't brief. Need the history. I need an answer to the question. It's a very straightforward question. He's just such a disgusting person. No, that, that's your judgment about him. What did he do that uh, created this reaction on your part? So um, he's very needy. No, you're judging him again. How did he, how did he impact you? And I learned in October, he molested my sister. All right. So you're resentful that he molested your sister? Okay. All right. That works. Now I know why you're pissed. All right. You found out that he molested your sister. Okay. Who are you? I am. Yeah, that honestly, that's what I'm struggling with. Like, I don't know why that's so hard right now when I think about that. Okay. You're on a stage with your brother. In the audience is your family and your sister. How do you want them to see him in relationship to you? I want them to know what he did. All right. And um, if they knew what he did, what would they be thinking about you? I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Well, that, that's where I get stuck. Well, um, and, you know, I'm looking at the question on the sheet. It says, what is my deep belief about who I am? Yeah, I am. My, a, I am a sister. I am a sister. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, now I'm, I'm outraged uh, to find out that my brother molested my sister. Mm -hmm. who, who are you in holding this anger, this reaction? Uh, well, who am I? I almost feel like if, um, uh, I don't know what the right word is, like a crime has been committed. And if something isn't said that I'm being dishonest. Well, put it in a positive term, though. Who are you? Uh, I, I, am, I am the older sister, the younger sister. Who are you? I am an old, the older sister. I am the older sister. And I feel, very, I feel very protective of her. And I am capable of protecting my family. Yes. All right. And your fear is? <sighs> That I failed her. Yep, that you don't need to go further. That's it. See, you just broke the code right there. Mm -hmm. I am the protector of my siblings. I failed. 
All right. Now, it doesn't have to be right or wrong. This is a belief and a feeling. All right. What I found that my my beliefs were delusional and my feelings were distorted. So but this is the, a really good beginning. OK. Mm -hmm. So write those things down and come back to us when we do the fourth call. I will. Thank you. All right. Good Very heart. helpful. Thank you. Well, no. Well, you stood there. You see, you stood there. Your heart broke. Your heart opened. You were vulnerable here on a, on a public. So you got a lot of courage here to face it. All right. Thank you. Ah, that means a lot. Yeah. Great work. Really good work. Thank. You. Thank you. So I have a question. I'd actually like to talk about a health issue. I have a great resentment towards a health issue. Would that work in this? Oh, yes, it's a resentment. It's a huge resentment. Okay, so I have IBS and I've had it for about 30 plus years. Um, and I resent it. I, I really resent it. And Not I resent much. it for controlling my life yeah. and making me feel less than. And who are you? I am. What did you write? Um, I wrote, otherwise I'm great. <laughs> otherwise I'm healthy. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm kind. I'm a hard worker. I, I, I'm uh, humble. I help people. I'm of service. Yeah. So excellent. And what's your fear when you say all of that? That I'm not because oh. of the IBS and that I don't oh. see myself that way and others don't. So I'm, I'm a disadvantaged, the fear is I'm a disadvantaged person. Yes. Okay. Thank you. No, no, you. You said it. I just put a couple of words to it. I like that. Thank you. Okay. Perfect. All right. Did you write anything for pride? How do you want to be seen on a stage? I want to be seen as whole. I yes. want to be seen as yes. completely healthy. And, and yes. I want people to see what, what I I want them to see the beauty beyond the problems, beyond exactly. constantly running to the bathroom, beyond exactly. having to call in sick. I, I want them to see a whole person, not this yes. broken person. Right, right, right. And what's your fear? Um, that they see a broken person. Yep. Um, yep. And that, and that because of it, I'm, I'm, I'm missing out on life. Really uh, how did you make that connection there that that seemed like a really leap into a different whole direction how are you missing out on life because what they see because of what they see well maybe i'm not missing out on life because of what they see i'm missing out on life because of how i perceive myself my ah, belief there you, there you go there you go that's that's another okay. fear in the self-esteem okay fear yeah. self-esteem so that's something i can do something about we'll see huh Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. No, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get too far over our skis here. All okay. right. Yeah. All right. Good work. No, right. Thank You're very you. clear with it. You're very clear. Thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. Okay. I'm scared shitless. So I knew I had to do this <laughs> and I might as well start crying now and just get it over with. Might as well. <laughs> um, okay. Um, the person that I have a resentment against is my mother yeah. um, for not acknowledging and nurturing the truly unique person I am. Yeah. 
All right. And who are you? I am. I am smart, creative, inquisitive, um, persistent. Uh, what else? Um, clever. I figure things out. And what's your fear? That I'm not really those things. That I'm not really going to do or get what I want. Right. I mean, those are two different fears. And, and there's no right or wrong answer. These are just emotional reactions. And anything you put down is correct for you. All right. Did you write something for pride? Yes. So this was a little confusing for me. So if so, if my if my I'm on the stage with my mother, and there's say my friends in the audience, um, I want them to see. <laughs> this is embarrassing. That I want to see her. I want them to see her putting me on a pedestal and realizing that I truly am unique and that I'm special and I'm deserving of help. That's a different implication there, but that's, I am unique, I'm special, I'm deserving of help. All right, wonderful. See how that complements what you wrote in the self-esteem? Yes. So that validates that you're in the right area here, because you could now read, you could now read the self-esteem and the pride all as one piece, I am. Do that for us right now. Oh, like put it into one sentence? Or, yeah, one at least one flow, yes. Okay. Um, I am inquisitive, clever, persistent, uh, smart, creative, and, and, uh, I'm stuck. No, you're not. Read the I am of the words that you put in pride. And I am, and I am capable of doing things and going after things and deserving of help. Well, I think you said I'm unique and special. Oh yes, I like that. <laughs> well, no, you said it. No, I'm I know not I quoting you. You apparently <laughs> didn't write it down though. I did. There's all kinds of stuff all over this page. Uh, Every time I heard you talk right. to somebody, like, oh, I'm asking you to read what you wrote, see? Okay. So, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. And and when you when you say it that way, what's what fear comes up in the pride column? That I'm really not these things. And that I'm not deserving of help or of finishing or doing things that I really want to do. Okay. All right. No right or wrong answer. There's just your response. All right. All right. Okay. So stay with the Stay with this sense of a lack of feeling of closure because it, it's 50% of the work and that's why we'll bring it to conclusion in the second half of what we do. Now. Okay, I'm uncomfortable so that, <laughs> well, that says it. you started out uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. But it, no, that... but it didn't prevent you from being very clear with us. All right? Thank you. Oh, nice work. Thank you very much. My resentment is at my slumlord. Yeah. She doesn't take her role. Um, she doesn't, she's not responsible or take responsibility for fixing things. Sure. The cause is, um, oh, that's the cause. Okay, the self-esteem. 
is uh, I am an excellent tenant, but I'm afraid to speak up. All right. All right. I'm an excellent tenant. That works. Um, and then uh, on the fear side, you're, you're afraid to speak up. What did you write for pride? How, how would you like the other tenants to see you in relationship with the landlord? Well, here's my question about the pride and the fear. It sounds like it's all the same. Everybody no, it's wants not. to. That's, it's not. All oh, right. No. That's why there's two points. So okay. trust that if there are two points and two discussions, that they're different. You don't see the differences, but there's a difference. All right. Okay. So, so um, wait, wait, let me just come. I am is my perception of myself. The pride is how I want other people to see me. Not how I see me, but how I want other people to see me. So they're, they're, it's not a subtle difference. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want other people to see me as a great tenant. Yes. And what's your fear? And my fear is um, that she doesn't care at all and will continue not fixing things. Right. And I'll have to move or get kicked out if I speak up. Okay. Yep. That, that's exactly right. Those are some of the alternatives. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Nothing deeper. No, I mean, not yet. We'll see okay. what happens. Yeah. Okay. Right. Thanks. Yeah. But you see, the, the, thank you for asking the question the way you did. See, but you have a resentment. All right. This is a negative uh, emotion in you that creates disturbance in you. All right. So what we're trying to do is identify what's the source in you and then how can you resolve getting rid of this negative feeling? Oh, okay. Well, my biggest defect is I don't speak up. So if I don't speak up, how could I have a resentment of her not doing her things because I give her permission to do it because I don't say anything? Well, you're already anticipating some aspects of the fourth column. And okay. let's, let's just hold on until we get there and see if, what other things that might be revealed. My resentment is I resent my mother for not giving me emotional support when, when she was raising me as a child. All right. Yeah. And your f fear is? Or who are you? Sorry, uh, your your self-esteem? I am the older daughter, perfect, beautiful daughter. Everything I do is right, good, perfect, intelligent. I'm healthy. I'm a worthwhile, I'm a cheater. And what's your fear? My mother will never see me as this. Yeah, all right. And pride, how would you like your family to see your mother treating you? Well, I... I want my sisters. I have two sisters. Right. Perfect. Siblings. I want my sisters to see my mother treating me as a, as a perfect daughter, that I do everything right, and not a sick child with asthma, with a disability, and limited and needy. Okay. All right. That, that has a dimension to it. All right. So... What's your fear when you write that? My fear is that my sisters don't see me 
my fear is that my sisters do see me with a disability, that I'm limited, that I'm needy, and I feel that way too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So there's lots of implications here. Yeah. Let's, all right. Let's let's again hold it until we unpack some more in the fourth call. All right. The fourth call, this just as a hint here. The third column usually is a story that is a lie. It's a delusion. We don't know that until we put it down in writing like this, and then we go to the fourth column because the fourth column then reveals the truth. That's an oversimplification, but it gives you a little bit of an anticipation as to the direction that we're going. It's kind of like a roadmap. I don't, I don't want it to prejudice, however, the words that people are now going to use for the third column uh, to try to protect themselves. That's the point. But, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. That, you did great work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. My resentment is my daughter-in-law, and the source of it is that she separated me from my grandchildren. Yeah. My self-esteem is that I'm a loving mom and grandmother. Um, and let's see what my fear is. You know what? I don't even care about her anymore. That even makes me feel worse. But my fear is that I won't ever be, re that my grandchildren don't even know how much right. I care about them, that my son hasn't advocated for me. Yeah. And then I really won't ever see them again. It's been 15 yeah. years. Yeah. 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 My my pride is that you know, I if I was on a stage, I'd want the world to see me with my grandchildren and actually with my son because I I I don't even care about her anymore. Sure. And that I feel really yeah. awful about that. Yeah. Yeah, but what's your fear there in pride? What's my fear there in pride? Um, yeah, that the world knows that I haven't been able to hold my family together. Okay, all right. No right or wrong answer, and that's okay. as good as any of them. That's good. All right. Yeah, it feels pretty damn wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, objectively, but I'm saying your 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 feeling, your expression of it uh, mm -hmm. is you know, what it is right now. So stay with that and we'll look okay. at it again. Okay. Thank okay. you so much. So I just get so embarrassed to like, cause this is going to be a, um, <clears throat> a resentment that is to one person, but it's really to so many people on a daily basis. And it's very, very old. It goes back to probably being two years old. But, but the resentment is current right now. The feeling that you have is current. And what you do, I, I want to comment on it because what you just made is a great insight. What you experience with this one person, you said you experience it with many people. And that's what you will see because you're the common element in all the other relationships. So what you do in any one place, you will do in every other place. So that's a, that's a great insight right from the beginning. All right. So it is very deep and it's very real and it's very current and it's very old all at the same time. So I, I get it. Yes. Cause it, it, all right. So this is your, uh, your resentment. And uh, what is the resentment again? Okay, so it's to my sponsor, but it, again, it's too many people. 
My resentment is that she didn't respond back to me. Perfect. And and uh, who are you? I am. Okay, so I'm respectable. See, I'm used to seeing the loathing part. Wait, 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 wait. I don't want editorial comments. Okay. I want you to read what you wrote. I'm respectable, worthy, important. I have, I'm lovable. And uh, worth caring for. Stay with that. Stay with it. It doesn't feel comfortable, but you are so on the money. It's great. All right. And when you say that, what's your fear comes up? That I'm not enough. Yeah. That I'm not respectable, that I'm not worthy. Yeah. That, that I'm not. And that, um, yeah, I don't have a voice. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. that I'm a doormat. Yep. Yep. See, that's the yin and the yang of that. That's the, the, almost the, 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 the opposite kind of things that we see when you see it as dramatic as you're laying it out. On the one hand, I'm all of these wonderful things. On the other hand, I have a fear that none of that's true. Yeah, yeah. Good. Did you write anything for pride? Yeah, then I wrote how I want others to see me is yeah. that I'm respectable, worthy, worth giving time to. Yeah. Um, I'm worth being, yeah. having someone get back to me on a timely manner. Worth yes, yes. To um, respect it. Yes. Like, yes. you're important. Yes. on important. That I'm important. I want other people to see that I'm important, not better than anyone, but that I'm important. That's it, right. And what's your fear? That, um, that I'm easily walked on, people pleaser. Yeah. And yeah. that um, that people don't see me as being respectable or important or worthy. Yeah. That I'm trash. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it. I, I hate it because it. We're we're leaving it incomplete, but we have to do that until we get to the fourth column, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice job, really. Um, and and for your first time and you're new to the process, for you to be so courageous and vulnerable, let's it's, it it allows other people to step up. Thank you. Maybe not today, but it will allow them to step up in their own program. So thank you for sharing. Uh, Camille, please. Hi there, Herb. It's Camille. Um, I'll cut right to it. So I, I like the use of the word disturbed. So instead of resentful, and I put, I'm disturbed by my daughter, Courtney. Mm -hmm. And the cause is she treats me disrespectfully and with disdain. She verbally distances herself from me and she has no interest in a relationship with me. All right. And who are you? I am deserving, valuable, special, worthy of respect, um, yeah, that's about what I put on there. What's your fear? That I have no control over how other people see me or treat me. All right, all right, all right. What's your pride? My, other, my fear also is that as an addict mom, I deserve her disdain. Okay, all right. No right or wrong answer. That's just a feeling. That's right, all right. It's not describing the truth. It's describing a feeling. Good, excellent. Oh, okay. Pride. Um, how do I want other people to see me being treated with respect, love, kindness, admiration, 
special, worthy, and worthy of all these attributes. And your fear? My fear, again, is I have no control of how, how other people see me. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, any questions or concerns about that? You're very clear, by the way. Yeah. Okay, so say that again, what you said to me in response to when I said to you, I was an addict mom and deserve for disdain. You said, this isn't about truth, it's about feelings or? Um, in terms of the fear part. Okay. The fear is a feeling um, on the other side, the I am response and the pride response. Those are analytical thoughts coming from the mind in contrast to feelings that are coming from the heart. It's a that's how I, 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 people have found that that helps them make that transition. That, and it's, you have to recognize that one is analytical and one is emotion. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. Hi, Herb. Um, I'm not sure. It, it seems as though if I put my brother's name in, in the disturbance that I could put my name too. It just seems like, I mean, because I think I have the same feelings about myself as he does. So how do I do that? Well, I think it's a, a very uh, excellent insight, actually. It becomes a little more difficult and, and quite sophisticated because you're talking about a resentment toward yourself. Yes. I, I recommend that you save the resentment toward yourself until after you've got some real competency of... Uh, being clear about resentments toward toward other people okay but but it, it's a very worthwhile process if in fact and there's many people that could identify with that you have a resentment toward yourself for whatever reason it could be regret or whatever um sadness um use any of those words but don't do it until after you finish getting some traction in uh being clear about your resentments with other other people or institutions. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you have one with your brother, you said? Yes. Um, my deep belief about who I am is currently who I think I am or how yes. I was. In no, no. Universe. Currently, currently, currently. It's all current. Because here you are. You're sitting in front of me and you have a resentment towards your brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who are you? I don't know if it's who I think I was in the interaction. No, with wait, 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 wait. Who are you right now in relationship to your brother and this resentment? Who are you? I am. Um, I'm kind, loving, honest, intelligent, always seeking the truth. Um, I need to have answers to things. I um, am understanding, supportive. Yeah, and what's your fear when you say all of that? My fear is that I'm crazy and emotionally unstable. Unstable. No right or wrong answer. That's just a reaction. Okay, pride, what did you write? Um, so the pride one is if somebody's, if, if I'm on a stage? Yes, please. Um, I want people to see that I was really trying to recover and do my best and try to get to the bottom of the difficulties yeah um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sincere person putting in a lot of work 
Yes. Yes. And what's your fear? Is that um, my brother will continue to not speak to me. It's been 25 years. Yeah. He thinks I'm crazy and dangerous. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a relationship with my niece and nephew. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of implications. And I... I went to graduate school to become a doctor so that he would not think I was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't deserve a kind and loving brother. And I tore my family apart. Those are fears. Yeah. 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 Lots of fears. Now, there is a fear inventory that does address that. We won't be doing that today. But just know, and, and this is the first time I've had a chance to say that for other people who have a lot of fears, uh, most of us do, uh, there's a, an entire fear inventory. It's a pretty straightforward inventory process. So know that that'll be handled in a different way. All right. Um, so my resentment is about my spouse. My husband, he's, uh, he's alcoholic and uh, not recovering and he's irresponsible. That's my resentment. Yes. Um, I am. Um, I wrote down, I am a person who is not continued to be married to alcoholic. I'm a person worthwhile for a spouse uh, who gets help from the spouse. And I'm smart enough to marry an adult who, who is not alcoholic. All right. So I'm, I'm not quite following it. Um, I, when you use the word not, you need to try to eliminate that because it's never going to be about negative. We don't want to know who you're not. We want to know who you believe you are. Could you, so could you read it again from that perspective, perhaps just a, 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 a positive uh, confirmation of your mm -hmm. belief about yourself? Okay. I so am. I, I am a worthwhile person who gets help from my husband. I am smart to marry an adult who helps me uh, and I'm a wife who troubleshoot and make marriage work. Oh, okay. All right. And what's your fear? My fear. Uh, my fear is um, my fear is uh, oh, wait, I, wait. Uh, mm -hmm. you don't have to you don't have to read what you wrote. Just what feeling do you have when you read what you um, wrote to me, read to me? So my fear is um, I would not be considered as a worthwhile spouse and I won't be um, helped and I won't able to make the marriage work. There you go. There you go. All right. Did you write something for pride? Yeah, I wrote uh, something for pride. So I wrote... Um, people, want, I want people to see me treated with love, not failed at marriage. Uh, I mean, continue to make marriage work, treat as equal and with love. I wrote treat as a queen and superior and put on pedestal. <laughs> and your fear? My fear. My fear is... Uh, I'm not considered. I'm not. I'm not considered valued or work, uh, or considered uh, valued for the work I'm doing. Yeah. All right. I'm not worthy and useful as a person, and I do. I'm a. I, I don't have it together. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That 
again, thank you. And it's not conclusive, but we'll we'll talk some more. So my resentment is at a woman named Mikhail, and she act. My resentment is she she acted out of integrity and changed the price of our sale of our last house after she signed the agreement. All right. And who are you? Uh, I am an honest adult with integrity who is a great friend and a caring person and keeps her agreements. And what's your fear? I am a person who can be dishonest, is selfish, not trustworthy, and is getting her karma served up to her. All right. No right or wrong. It's just your answer. Um, Pride. Pride. I am an adult and a caring person who keeps her word and is a word and is worthy of people keeping their agreements. All right. And um, fear. I think I read fear on the on the pride part. Um. Well, is this the one up on the pedestal? <laughs> it's very hard. Is there more than one fear? Uh, yes, of course. There's fear next to all seven of the variables. Don't you have the worksheet there? I have the worksheet, but I didn't fill in the worksheet. I no, just I wrote it in my notebook. Okay, well, I think it's good enough. Let's move on and um, we'll come back to it when we come to the fourth column, okay? Thanks, Herb. All right, thank you. Um, my resentment is at my um, husband's previous wife um, for continuing to take alimony um, from him after 30-something years. <clears throat> and um, my self-esteem is um, that so I am... Your resentments toward, your resentments toward his ex-wife, it's not toward him. Well, I'm... I was really confused about that. And, and it was almost like jumping ahead to column four in a way. I, so I thought, well, I'll just start with this and see where All right. All right. I just wanted to be clear. Yep, yep, I, I understand. Okay, so you have a, a resentment toward the ex-wife who is taking uh, money for too long a period of time. Right, exactly. All right. And who are you? Um, I am fair, generous, loving, compassionate, um, and um, devoted, a devoted wife, let's see what I leave off here, um, who, is who has been committed and a good wife to my husband who has um, uh, really devoted myself to making our home life safe and treating our children, both his and mine, with love and concern. And my fear is my motives are dishonest and I'll be seen as greedy. Okay, all right. And um, my, my pride is that I would like for um, his ex-wife um, to acknowledge me as a real person for my devotion and willingness to care for my husband, especially in lieu of a um, chronic kind of life altering illness and um, for supporting and providing her children with um, 
good educations and a sense of well-being. Um, and my my fear there is, I'll always be the other woman. Um, I will have no voice, which I borrowed from somebody else before because I thought that was wonderful. And that essentially I'll just be a non-entity. All right, all right, yeah. All right, so we'll come back to that, okay? Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. The resentment I'm picking on here is what happened and how I feel now about it. On my last performance evaluation at work, my supervisor put something on there that completely blindsided me and I'm pretty upset about it. Um, so that's particularly your, about, yeah, your resentment is toward your supervisor for blindsiding you. Yeah. Uh, who are you? I am. Um, competent, knowledgeable, hardworking, high performer, careful, not perfect. Good enough anyway. I don't know if that actually belongs in this line or not. Um, what, what's your doing fear? the best I can? Yeah, sure. What's your fear? That all of that is wrong. <laughs> fear oh. that I'm not good enough, that my best is not good enough, that everything I do is wrong, that I can't do anything right, that no one wants what I can offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all right. And pride. Um, pride. How do I want others to see me? Others should see my supervisor treating me with respect, consideration, support, and kindness. Um, and your fear? That she's too busy wanting to be, she's too busy wanting me to be what I'm not to be able to work with what I am. Okay. All right. All right. We'll come back to it. I have one against an institution, and this is really, it sounds dumb, but it's really huge because it can, uh, it has been uh, capable of raising quite a bit of ire in me when I'm like driving to work and morning. Sure. sure. So what's your resentment? Um, first of all, I resent myself for uh, not finding the worksheet. Here it is. Uh, oh, first in herb style, I ask, help me to make this worksheet coherent. Well, and thank you for reminding me of that because it's not something that I've made clear in the beginning. And that is my uh, step guide asked me to write a small prayer at the top of each worksheet, uh, very short, like God help me or let me see the truth or some, some very short, spontaneous prayer. So thank you for reminding me of that. It's on the worksheet, the formal worksheet. Um, I just uh, did not uh, mention it, but thank you for reminding us that we go into this with help, with added, asking for help. So what, good, thank it's, you. It's a great idea. I've started doing it every morning. I have a worksheet for uh, my morning meditation, which goes, it's just quick like that, man. I don't yeah. have the time. Sure. But, so what's I, your, so what your resentment is? My resentment, consider when I resent the Senate, the president, the House of Representatives and the Supreme Court for creating and pot prosecuting the war on drugs and destroying a military career, a scholastic career and throwing me in jail destroying my life all right so did who it, are you i am who i what did you what did you write as i am oh i am a solid citizen boy scout military volunteer 
scientist and honest law-abiding guy. All right. It's not my fault. If many wait, 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 wait. Too much. Too much? Okay. Yeah. Stop there. I knew yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, what's your fear? Uh, my fear is that my use of drugs is actually in response to a deep-seated psychological problem or problems. Okay. All right. And pride? Pride is others should see the U.S. government treating me as a wronged individual, and I should be called to appear for a public apology by the government for having violated my constitutional rights. Yeah, good luck with that one. What's your fear? <laughs> what's, what's your fear? That I'm just going to get caught doing the same sort of stuff again and get nailed to the wall again. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll come back to it. This resentment goes on uh, 40 years ago when my, it's my husband and he had an affair um, mm -hmm. when I had a brand new baby. Yeah, but you have the resentment today. Well, I try and tell myself I don't. Yeah, but you but do because here, here you are talking about it. Of course I do. You have. And um, yeah. part of it is that you just, I know I want to just keep holding on to, you know, righteous indignation that that shouldn't have happened. All right. Yeah. But, um, and my fear about that is that, um, Wait, who, oh, no, we want to talk. Who, who are you? I am? I am um, a person who has good values. Yes. I'm a person who's worthy of fidelity. Yes. I'm a person who's lovable. Yes. And smart and beautiful and strong. Yes. Yes. And your fear? Um, basically, abandonment. Um, and not worthy of fidelity. And also the fact that the, that I've stayed, uh, that I am, my values are mixed up. I'm confused about that. Yeah, yeah. And my pride is, um, I have a very large family, <laughs> um, that we would be seen as a couple who shared commitments and values and dedication to each other and love. Mm -hmm. And what I am afraid of is just the humiliation of knowing that my husband cheated on me and I didn't pack up and leave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then perhaps my values are wrong again. Mm -hmm. All right, all right. So again, not right or wrong. It's just the way you're thinking and the way you're feeling right now. And we'll look at that again uh, when we look at the fourth column, all right? Okay, thanks. thanks. I have a resentment towards a sponsor, one of my sponsors. Um, um, I had a conflict with another of her sponsees. Other sponsees blew up at me. What's your resentment? And my resentment is that she didn't support, that she took the other person's side. Yeah. Um, that, that she thought that the other person was was right and I was wrong. Yeah. Um, and um, that's that's pretty much it. Okay. So, so who are you? What did you write for? I am. I wrote I am innocent and pure mm -hmm. in my motives, mm -hmm. and I am kind mm -hmm. and thoughtful and respectful, mm -hmm. yeah. and I'm not crazy. Yes, and and your uh, fear is my fear is that she sees me as wrong, in the wrong, yeah. and that she 
and I'm afraid that I I am crazy. Okay. All right. I mean, two different things there. All right. How about pride? I want to be seen as in the right. I want um, others to see me as in the right and not wrong. And I want others to believe or, or see me as thinking clearly and not crazily. Okay. All right. Yeah. And your fear? My fear is that they won't. Yeah. And my fear is that I can't hold on to my own feeling of being not crazy and my own feet. My fear is that I can't hold on to it and that I'm just going to see myself as they see me. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. No right or wrong. There's just a feeling here. It's fine. It's perfect. Okay. okay. What I'd like to introduce you to is something that's so obvious in the big book when it's pointed out to us and that is but it's not it wasn't obvious to me when I went through it on my own or even with a person who hadn't had the experience of looking at pages 66 and 67 which describes in the big book a process of being released from deep resentments we need to identify deep resentments I had a list of 85 resentments. When I got the instruction on this pages 66 and 67, I was able to identify about eight of those were very deep resentments, father, mother, wife, a coach I had in high school and four bosses. So I was able to identify eight very deep resentments. It's a very relative term. It's very personal, whatever it means to you. But there's a prayer practice there in the big book that's suggested, and I developed my own prayer from that, which is in the Way of Life document. I'll show it in a minute. And the reason that we pray is to be free of these deep resentments. The instruction that I received was to pray the prayer specifically for each individual for it to be removed. Please pay attention to the wording in the big book. You can listen to my unpacking of it specifically in one of the YouTube videos from the Tuesday workshop. It'll be entitled Freedom from Deep Resentment. It's between column three and column four resentment. I won't take the time today to do that, but the Pages specifically say, we ask God to remove it from us. We're not praying for the other person. We're praying for the healing. We're praying to invite the divine surgeon to bring the scalpel to remove the cancer of this anger from us. The prayer that's in the way of life document I have listed here on the PowerPoint and um, it would be a, an example here. I had a resentment toward my dad, a deep visceral resentment. He was dead several years at the time I was doing this work, 12 years as I recall. 
but I had a deep resentment that had never been removed, despite the fact I was seven years sober at the time and had done this work once previously. Once I got this prayer and this practice of asking for healing in this area, I began to pray this prayer. Dad, like me, is a spiritually sick person. Please help me to show dad tolerance, compassion, and patience. Well, he was dead, so that was pretty easy, but it required a change in attitude from that standpoint. Release me from being angry. See, this prayer is for me. Enable me to release this resentment, remove this resentment. I'm just over and over again asking for from different vantage points. Show me how to take a kindly and tolerant view of that. Bring me to accept reality as it is and to show me how I can be helpful to that. <clears throat> Thy will be done. <clears throat> it took probably daily prayer for three months before one of the eight resentments was removed. But once they began being removed, and I continued the prayer, seven prayers, six prayers, five prayers. They all were removed. And here's the really good news. Not only were they all removed, meaning I had no resentments at the time, none of them ever came back. So if, in fact, you want to have relief from your resentments, I recommend that you follow this practice. Read pages 66 and 67. Create your own prayer or use the one that I've developed or develop something similar to it, using it as a basis if you'd like. Whatever. Prayer is not about words. It's about your intention. But be clear on your intention. You're asking for healing. You're asking for the removal of this cancer of negativity in you about some institution or person so that it's removed and on a daily basis ask yourself do i want freedom from this resentment and if i if i answer yes then am i <clears throat> willing to pray daily for its removal it's only a suggestion <clears throat> but my experience is when i pray daily for its removal eventually they were all removed and removed permanently so let's take a look then at the fourth column that I've been threatening with, and that is about motives. At least this is my interpretation of it. There's no fourth column on page 65, but there is a final paragraph on page 67, and it has five questions. What am I thinking? What am I doing? What is my fear? Where am I being dishonest? And what is my role, my responsibility? This was my very first spiritual awakening. To see that in every case, without a single exception, in every case, I had created my resentment. I had created my reaction of anger to a situation. And I had held that anger for a week, a month, a year, 
in the, my father's case, for 40 years, I had held a resentment, despite the fact he was dead to 12 years and I was sober seven years. I had held this resentment. Yes, my father was a drunk. Yes, my father was emotionally and verbally abusive. Yes, my father was just a horrible father in many respects and a horrible husband and many other things that we could describe in detail, but I won't. But all of that was irrelevant because he didn't cause my anger. I was the source of my anger because I was reacting to his impact on me. I was reacting to his impact on me. Yes, he had an impact on me, but that didn't necessarily make me angry. My anger came out of my wanting it to be different. This should not have happened. He should be a good father. He should be supportive role model. I did not accept reality as reality was. It's not good or bad. It could be called healthy or unhealthy. I'm having much more benefit from using the words fortunate or unfortunate. Not good or bad. Oh, that's unfortunate. It's so much more neutralizing. It's so much more open to this is just reality as reality is. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just the truth. And so those first five questions in the worksheet, self-seeking, Bill doesn't give us a definition of that. This man helped me have a definition. Acting, behaving on my own behalf. Selfish, the book doesn't give us a definition. This man gave me a definition. In contrast to self-seeking, which is about behavior, selfish is about thinking about myself. Very different. Dishonest is misrepresenting myself, afraid of not getting what I want or losing what I have. That fear of flight from the biological instincts I mentioned as part of the opening comments. And then the final question, which I do believe is the question that cracks the curtain and parts the curtain. Where am I wrong or at fault? Where am I to blame? These are words from the big book. I don't like them. They're very negative. I choose the word responsible. It's not in the big book, but it captures it from a much more positive standpoint. Where am I responsible for my reaction? my feelings, my behavior. I'm not responsible for my father or his words or his actions on me. 
In many cases, there are people who have suffered trauma, severe physical or emotional trauma from abuse, physical or sexual abuse or verbal or emotional abuse. It has forever formed, deformed and changed your personality and, and your life trajectory. It is true. It had an impact. You don't have any responsibility for their behavior, but you have 100% responsibility today as an adult for your reaction to their behavior. It sounds like a negative take on things, but it's actually quite a positive freeing take. You really want to be freedom. You take responsibility for your actions because that's the only thing that you can influence. That's what the serenity prayer is all about. What can I influence? What can't I influence? I can't control anything outside of me. I can't control anything inside of me. But I can take responsibility for my perceptions. I can take responsibility for my emotions. I can take responsibility for my actions and behavior and my reactions. And when I take responsibility, then I begin to have agency. I begin to have some responsibility. I begin to be able to manage my life. That the whole point of this is to take responsibility. Yes, our life is unmanageable on our own power, but in connection with a power other than ourself, I can take responsibility and act as a decent human being and get free. So I don't, I didn't make a list, and that's probably a mistake on my part, of the people who shared. So I'm gonna rely on you to come back and raise your hand Maybe not obviously in the order that we talked to, to you in the third column, but uh, oh, and I forgot to mention that uh, you need to be uh, completing the answers to those questions. Um, where am I self seeking? All right, what was my behavior? What is my current behavior around this? Don't look back at your history 40 years ago or four minutes ago. Talk about what your behavior is right now in relationship to this resentment. Where am I selfish? What, what am I thinking when I'm holding this resentment? Not what was I thinking a year ago when I had this interaction with this person or institution, but what am I thinking right now in having this reaction to an event that happened a year ago? Dishonest misrepresenting myself. What's really the truth here? Afraid. How am I glossing over my role, my responsibility by projecting onto the other person? Especially in question number five, where am I responsible today for my reaction? So let's try it. Um, I'll go with the hands raised. I think that's the easiest way. And um, we'll get through as many people as we can. Um, <clears throat> we have about 45 minutes. 
Um, and um, then, as you know, I'll be doing this again in another quarter. I'm, I'm committed to doing it quarterly this year because it's such an important process. And there's lots of things to process with people, perhaps more than once. So, so remind us what your uh, resentment was and your self-esteem, please. My resentment was I'm resentment at my daughter for treating me with disdain and disrespect. Got it. And um, so we go over to the um, fourth column and uh, ask yourself, what's your, uh, the first question, and I didn't highlight that, what, what's your perceived role here? Um, so say, say your um, resentment again, please. I'm resentful at my daughter for treating me with disdain and disrespect. Okay, so disrespected mother would be your okay. perceived role. It's really important that we get that role uh, really crisp because the whole point of the fourth column is to see uh, the truth after we ask ourselves these questions. So when you feel disrespected in this particular situation, how are you thinking about yourself? I'm thinking I deserve better. Um, okay. Um, so I deserve better. I mean, is that the truth? Or I mean, how did you come to that conclusion? Children should treat their parents with respect. Uh, you see now, should. You come up with a should. So is that your general experience with children and parents? Um, yes. No, it isn't. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of people that I know. <laughs> um, not all children treat their parents respectfully. Many don't. Yeah, it's part of the rite of passage where they need to fly from the nest and somehow they make their parents wrong. So, yeah, um, it's not necessarily true. And it's, and, and it's not true in your daughter's case. She's not treating you with respect. And you don't get to make the rules, do you? No, I don't. So you're not accepting reality here. And let's, let's go through the balance of this and see where it takes us. So how do you behave when she treats you with disrespect? Um, I get quiet. I get judgmental. Uh, quietly, I don't voice my judgment, but I, I feel judgmental. Um, I feel sad. I feel angry. Yeah. Um, I yeah. feel disgusted. Yeah. I feel worthless. Okay. All right. So you're allowing her to name you. Yes. All right. So that doesn't sound very mature, right? <laughs> but how old is she 37 yes yeah, so she's an adult and you're allowing her to determine how you feel <sighs> mm, i know so what are you afraid of what i'm really afraid of is that i really don't deserve respect because i raised her as an addict you were the addict you're saying yes i was yeah. the addict yeah, well, what, you were a practicing addict while you were raising her and 
or yeah. And these, this is my comeuppance. Well, okay, I, I understand. I mean, be careful with that. These are some of the consequences of that, and it's a very difficult situation um, where personalities are formed and deformed in houses of trauma that have trauma like that. Um, they call it the codependent personality, and that involves a lot of anger. Um, have you made amends to her? I've tried, and every time I've tried, she walks away from me, Herb. She's very hurt, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's, she's wounded. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. So where are you being dishonest? Where am I being dishonest? And not accepting responsibility? Well, or just not accepting that she's hurt and she's uh, got her own path. Yeah, and treat her with kindness and as best you can, right? That in fact, this, these, I I don't like the word, this is my comeuppance because it sounds like retaliation and karma in the negative sense, but this is the consequence of our behavior. It took a while for my kids to trust me. Mm. Right. So what is your role and responsibility here in your holding this resentment? I guess my role would be to keep myself in the place of, oh, poor me. My responsibility is to let go of that and step up to the plate and accept the consequence and with compassion. No, yeah, that's a, that's the turnaround. That's the solution to release it. That's called forgiveness, and to accept responsibility with compassion. I really was irresponsible, and there are consequences to my behavior. And now she has to deal with that. And I'm going to pray for her and support her in any way I can, directly or indirectly. So rather than the disrespected mother, quite frankly, I've been a dishonest mother that in fact, this this is the consequence and I need to have some compassion and tolerance, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's not a very easy answer. There's a, a book called uh, Forgive for Good by Fred Luskin. I have that book and I love that book and I probably would do well to read it again. Well, you know, I've read it a couple times and uh, he and I are doing a workshop again on February, I think it's 12th. So mm-hmm. you might want to uh, look at the YouTube one that we did already. Um, he's just a marvelous uh, presenter and, and uh and person and uh, and see what uh, see what you can find there as sort of some suggestions for moving forward on this herb are you doing it at the retreat center or can it be posted in the chat it's on zoom uh-huh perfect thank you yeah thanks thank very you. much thank- um so tell us again what the resentment was third call um, yeah the resentment was take uh that she um took uh, my my friend's children and um 
Oh yeah. And yeah. I remember feel like I was unimportant in their lives. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So you're a, a disenfranchised friend, right? Yeah. I was kind of feel like I was tossed aside. Yeah. Oh, that's even better. Tossed yeah. aside friend. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's look at self-seeking. Um, what behavior goes along with the feeling of being tossed aside for you today? Okay. I feel unimportant, uh, ignored, not good enough. Um, my behavior is that I get mean when it comes to her and, and angry and, uh, you know, in my thoughts, I, I don't really express them to other people. Right. Um, but I think negative thoughts toward her, all the negative thoughts I come up in my head. All right. Um, all right. Um, where are you thinking about yourself in this whole dynamic? It, it happened some years ago, I think you said. Yeah, it happened uh, like 24 years ago. And right. um and you've I had feel, the resentment ever since. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Still to this day. And, um, you know, even like like at weddings, whatever, you know, um, I feel like I think I'm angry because I, the, I feel like the kids are closer to her than me and I want them to be closer to me. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's my selfish thinking that about that. Well, how is it selfish? Because, um, I mean... She had him, she raised him for 23 years. So I'd selfish, I guess it's, I, I don't know. Um, because I, I kind of don't think it's selfish because I think she kind of pushed me out of their life. So I didn't have the opportunity to be as close. I'm, I am close to them. Okay. But yep. Not as close as I want to be. Right, right, right. Yeah. Where are you being dishonest here? Well, I wrote down that, um, I feel like I probably couldn't handle bringing up three more kids because I have three children of my own, the same ages. Mm -hmm. And I probably, and I, pro and deep down, I realized that they did belong with family and yeah. not, you yeah. know, this was her sister. Yes. These are her sister's kids. Exactly. You're not family. And that sister that died had not made it known to anybody that she wanted you to take on responsibility for the children. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we didn't get that far. So right. I was just a neighbor. You were a neighbor. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and she hadn't been around for seven years, so she didn't see our relationship. Right. Right. Um, so, so I, you're being dishonest with the, not just the legal implications, but the whole familial thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where are you afraid? Uh, I'm afraid that, um, that um, I, I, my relationship isn't as close and I'm kind of losing them or I've kind of lost them. Um, I thought I had in my mind, I had this, had this relationship all built up. And then when it came down to reality, when I talked to them, it was not, it was not what I perceived it to be or wanted it to be. Okay. All right. So you're afraid in the sense that it's not living up. I'm, I'm not even sure what the fear is here. Well, I think the fear is that it's not, it's going to fade away. It's just not, you know, yeah. like, all right. That's yeah. Yeah. It's the relationship is just going to die out. 
So where where are you responsible for your reaction? Then I think um, sure. Okay, so then I think I was responsible because what I did was when it all happened, I just kind of I kind of froze and 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 stayed to myself and didn't express like what I wanted or how I wanted to be involved in their lives and didn't push forward with it or try more. Hmm. And now I just, it's just that I, I kind of freeze up and, and I don't talk to her. If I see her, I kind of, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of mean. And well, get so, so you froze up at the time 24 years ago and you yeah. remained sort of under the radar for many years then. Yes. I just, I, I, I stay away. You know, I mean, I don't, I, we've been at social gatherings together, weddings, and I don't talk to her. I'd prefer not to even talk to her. It's like, that's just stay away, which is. Does she have any awareness of any of this? Um, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> so do, do you hear what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> you, you created an entire fantasy that mm -hmm. nobody knows about. Yeah. Yes. And you didn't express it even at the time when the whole trauma had happened. You just kept quiet and under the radar. And mm -hmm. you're expecting her to read minds. Yes. Well, it's typical of me. Okay. Anyway. Oh, all right. All right. So you do that in other places. Yes. Okay. All right. So rather than, um, what did you say? Uh, tossed away friend, did you yeah. say? Yeah. Yeah, tossed away. Um, yeah, friend, friend, kind of pushed aside. It's really the fact is really that I kind of you went, aside. you went invisible. I went invisible. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that was my that was my um, that was my role in this. The, the and you know it probably would be a benefit for everybody here to complete the worksheet and work with a person in more depth and detail. But does, what does, what is your reaction to what we just did? Um, my reaction is that I, I kind of can see where my responsibility and role was in this. I, I, uh, I created this fantasy and I, I kind of like, didn't, I didn't do anything to, um, to, uh, let anybody know how I felt and what I wanted, what my, I wanted to be involved. I, right. I stepped back and, you know, right. I, I hid as I usually do so, I hid behind my wall. There you go. So you, you have a lot of anger that people didn't know the story, but you didn't tell the story. You kept yourself invisible. So does that help sort of allow you to release the story and release the anger? Yeah, it helps. It does. It might help to also yeah. pray that prayer for your own healing here. Because it yeah. sounds like a loss for you, for you to grieve that friendship that you had and the, the loss of the relationship with the kids that you didn't have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Thank it, you. It's worthy of some more work. I'm already feeling like 
we're not dedicating enough time to each one of you yeah. and yet it's what we it's what we can do but i'm encouraging everybody to pursue more if in fact they feel like it's unresolved to to pursue it with experienced people um after this session so thank you restate your resentment and then uh let's go to the fourth column okay uh, I resent my husband for drinking alcohol and being irresponsible and continue to drink. Yes. Uh, my what I'm when paying this resentment, I believe I am my role is victim in alcoholic marriage. Yes. How long have you been married? Fifteen years. Fifteen. How long has he been drinking alcoholically? Fifteen years. So was he drinking alcoholically when you married him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't come to the wedding still I go ahead and marry him <laughs> okay so we already see where this is going don't we okay yeah all right so where are you uh what is your your role is a victim you said right mm -hmm. victim of an alcoholic and um where are you self-seeking how do you act when you feel like a victim um, I kind of like a, a rage on my kids. Rage I, on the kids. All right. Rage on the kids. Yeah. And I, uh, I do mothering, martyring. Yeah. Um, I'm a martyr, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I continue to keep my victim role, keep, keep my, me and my kids in the. Yeah. And you're in Al Anon, right? All right. Did yeah. you say you're in Al Anon? Mm -hmm. All right, excellent. How long have you been in Al-Anon? 1.5 years, one and a half years. Okay, so good, solid, wonderful. You have a sponsor? Mm-hmm. All right, wonderful. And you go to meetings? Mm-hmm. And, and you're working steps? Yeah, step four. There you go, wonderful, wonderful. All right, so selfish, where are you thinking about yourself when you're playing this victim role? Mm. Okay, victim role. So I don't want to take responsibility of being the only adult if I get divorced or, you know. Yeah. 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 I, I, I married a drinking alcoholic and now I'm paying the price and I expected it to be different or to be able to control it. I'm not mm -hmm. a victim here. In fact, the, the turnaround, what, what would you say is the turnaround? Are you a victim? No, willing no. participant. I'm a part. I'm a perpetrator. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you dishonest? Dishonest. So I mean denial. You know, sometimes yeah, yeah. it uh, feel like a good. Uh, it feel like okay, and sometimes I I lie about the dead marriage. Right, right, right. Well, and and um, I'm also being dishonest. Is I'm taking out my frustrations on the kids. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. How about afraid? Afraid. Fear of being the only adult if uh, my, my in my kids' life. Fear of destroying my kids' lives and family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so um, what's your, ro your real role in then holding this resentment? Okay. Um, 
continue to stay married so that I avoid the legal and you know all the drama of the di divorce. So that's my role is continue to stay married and play the victim. And so the the role is of blaming. So you can blaming. stay married, mm -hmm. but it's a decision based on a lot of other moving parts and it doesn't give you permission to be a dysfunctional mother mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yeah staying in dysfunctional mother and dysfunctional marriage you know i had my dance dysfunctional dance yeah mm -hmm. yeah well once again it's frustrating not to finish the complete worksheet because it really does help to take a look at your character defects especially in this but i think you're seeing some of that mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. and you can make a decision to stay with a drinking husband or to leave a drinking husband but you but in any case you need to be a responsible woman and a responsible mother right right yeah so Al-Anon is the place for you, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any uh, comments or questions? No, I think good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. I resent my mother for not acknowledging and supporting my uniqueness. Yes, I remember. Um, so um, is your mother still alive? No, hasn't been How long has she been years. dead? Wait, wait. About 12 years. Okay, so you're still railing about your mother and she's been dead 12 years. Mm -hmm. I can understand that. I did that with my dead father. Yes, all right. And so um, what is your perceived role? I'm, okay, I'm going to get... <clears throat> um, my perceived role is that I am a neglected and unsupported and ignored person. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Very crisp. Very nice. Yes. And um, when you feel that, how do you behave? When you feel ignored and disrespected, how do you, how do you behave? I behave as though I'm incompetent and can't do anything and paralyzed. That learned helplessness thing. Yes. Yes. Learned helplessness. Yes. Right. All right. I'm going to take that off the screen here. Um, um, and uh, how are you thinking about yourself, self-centered thinking, when you're thinking this thought? Well, my mother never taught me how to do this. I don't have the skills. I don't have the training. Wait a minute. You're over 21, I think, right? Just a bit. Yeah. All right. So whose responsibility now is it to train you? way overdue right so ask the question again herb please whose responsibility is it to train you oh me yeah right way overdue right. huh yeah yeah <laughs> it would once you were 21 it was never your mother's responsibility sure sure as an adult objectively it's mm -hmm. our responsibility as soon as we are 18 or 21, pick your number. It's our responsibility. What happened with our mothers and fathers or our family of origin 
is probably very dysfunctional, yes, but it's irrelevant once you reach a certain level of re personal responsibility. Right. Then it's right. up to you to get the teaching, to get the parenting, to get the therapy, to get whatever it is you need, knowing that you were probably you are probably probably permanently disabled in some fashion. Mm -hmm. And and many of us will never recover in some areas just because, but that's just what is. Yeah. And I can see exactly how this thinking affects many other aspects of my life. Exactly. As I was writing, it's like, oh my God, this is like a rich, a rich field to mine, to mine. It really is. It, yeah. And it's life changing when you begin yes. to know that, oh, I need to take responsibility. It's an interesting story. It's unfortunate, but now it's now it's my life. Right. Right. Mm. Yep. Yep. And I can see how I use um, I use other people as excuses to not pay attention to that or not work on that. Well, most of us take the victim role so that we don't have to take responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. You're not a victim. <laughs> None of us are a victim today. We may have been victimized yesterday, but we're not a victim today. Right. We are responsible for dealing with our victimization. Mm -hmm. You know, hear the difference. It's it's huge and it's yeah. life changing. Right. It was right. for me when I, I at age 48, I took responsibility for the way I thought and felt and behaved. And it was down deep inside of me, not outside of me. It made a huge difference. Yeah, my resentment about my father, he hasn't shown me the care, love, and interest I once wanted. Right. All right. And um What's your perceived role? My perceived role is... Is that unloved daughter, uncherished daughter, or ignored daughter? So is that the self-seeking current behavior bit? Well, um, yes, we're on that page, but at the top of that page, it says my perceived role, like an actor in the play, a misunderstood person, betrayed spouse, abused child, is trying to... Get a sense. Okay. If you were, if you were on, thank you for asking the question because I didn't elaborate it as well as I would like to, and that is, if you're on a stage and there's a scriptwriter, what would the scriptwriter name your part in this resentment? You have a resentment toward your father because he didn't provide you the love and the concern and the whatever else that you wanted from him. So, abandoned child. Um, were you abandoned by him? Emo like emotionally. Um, okay. Um, so let's say that then. Emotionally abandoned child. All right. Let's yeah. stay with that. So where are you self-seeking? When you feel like an emotionally abandoned child, how do you act? <clears throat> so I tell people that I don't have supportive family. So there's a poor me. Stance. Mm, yeah. Um. I 
I feel within myself that I'm, yeah, like an orphan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't contact him so much. So, so you're in the sense of the selfish, you're thinking about yourself as an orphan, poor me. When you're with other people, you're talking about, I don't have support, poor me. My, my perception is you might be over 21. <laughs> yeah, 48. There you go, 48. <laughs> I never ask. I, but, but uh, so it's, you're, you're an adult woman who's still blaming her father for not growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you being dishonest? That I'm... I'm not accepting that. I'm not accepting responsibility for being an adult woman. I still want to be 12 mm. and taken care of. Yeah, that, that bit, yeah. Yeah. What are you afraid of when you think these thoughts about not being taken care of and not being prepared for life. Sorry, can you repeat that? What are you afraid of when you think this thought about not being prepared and not being taken care of? What do you what fear comes up? That I'm not that I that I that I don't have the skills to do that whose responsibility is for you to get some skills me do you really believe that I do believe it, but it scares the crap out of me. Yeah, you've avoided responsibility of being an adult for quite a while. Yeah. Mm. So rather than a, what did you say? I'm an aban emotionally abandoned child. First of all, you're not a child. You're a 48-year-old woman. Mm. And you've emotionally abandoned yourself haven't you yeah the very thing that you thought was the truth is a lie and the truth is turning the lie inside out i abandoned myself my father may have been a shit father but at 18 or 21 i failed to grow up mm. And started drinking, drugging, and eating. Well, and yeah, probably <laughs> earlier than that. But yeah, of course. Yeah, that's how we do it. We anesthetize reality. That's the whole, one of the purposes of addiction is whether that's gambling or pornography or work or exercise. 
or food or drugs or alcohol is to anesthetize us from reality because we don't want to accept reality. Now, is this all conscious? Probably not. But now you're making it very conscious, aren't you? Yeah, it's time. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> you know what? It At age 48 is when I began to do this work this way and have the deer in headlights that you're experiencing right now. That's right, exactly. Yeah. It, I mean, it was late for me. But it was it was the first time it was available to me. And I'm grateful that it happened so that I could then have time to really grow up. And fortunately, it's not year for year. We grow up very quickly when we engage these resources in this process. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of work to do. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, Herb. <laughs> it's funny because the resentment I have about not being responded back to, she actually responded, but it happens all the time. So like I said, because it's old. So it goes to anyone who I don't feel respond to me right. in a timely manner. So even though she responded, it happens. So it's still, I'm still resentful. I'm resentful. Oh, but wait, let's, 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 in the third, in the third column, you uh, were resentful because people weren't responding to you. So uh, what would you say would be the script determiner of your um, perceived role here? <clears throat> um, that I feel, okay, that my script, that I'm unimportant unworthy, unlovable, tossed aside. I like that someone said that and ignored. All right, let's stay with the ignored or, uh, yeah, ignored, not responded to person. Because you said that that's, you, it's, it's pretty general throughout your life. You said it's not just one situation. It seems like it's a, it's a theme song. Just not important. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not important. Okay. So when you feel not important, how do you behave? I over, I overdo to do things for people to try to make them like me more. So I become more of a worker. I become more people. You overcompensate. You overcompensate. Oh, yeah. I don't right. want to rock the boat. So mm -hmm. I over, I overdo. Okay. And where are you thinking about yourself in a self-centered way when, in fact, you're reacting this way? Um, okay, so I just put, I feel angry towards, I'm going to say that one person, I feel angry, angry towards her or them. I want to ignore them. I want to get back at them by not responding back to them when they... So I retaliate and I ignore and I snub. That's the behavior. Yes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's like the three-year-old stomping in their feet, right? The point is, I want to do that, but I don't always do that because then my people-pleasing comes in yeah. because I can't do that because just like exactly when when she responded back, yeah. I wanted to so, just... So you have lots of quivers in your in your in your in your arrow case but they're all unhealthy oh yeah 
I don't want to respond to her because she responded to me. And immediately I'm responding. Oh, it's okay. It's yeah. not okay. It's right. never been exactly. okay. So it takes us to the next thing. Where are you being dishonest? Yeah. Because my people pleasing overrides. Right. I act like nothing's wrong because I don't want to rock the boat. Right. Right. And so then I end up screwing, pissing on myself. Right. I hate myself on top of it. So it's very convoluted. It, well, it's predictable, though, isn't it? Yeah. I you're, care more you're not, about... You're not having a healthy relationship with yourself or other people. Right. Right, right. So the fear is of not being liked because you have underneath that you're not likable. Yeah. I, I, my put, I was, I'm afraid of others not validating me or not taking care of my emotional needs, not making me feel worthy. And I know this in my head, this is all wrong, but in my heart, I can't so what, so how I feel. Exactly. And in your head, what would a healthy person be thinking? Um, that it, really, this relationship that I need is between me, myself, and God. Like I need God to validate me and not other people. Well, I probably don't want to rely on other people to have my sense of value. I want to receive that organically, internally to me. Yeah. yeah. It's okay to include God, but don't rely on God. It's really up to you to create your sense of personal self-worth. Yeah, instead of getting it from everyone else. I, I'm like a buoy in an ocean. Yeah, there it's you go. It gets blown around by right. everyone else's thoughts, feelings, right. facial expressions. Right. Yeah. Dr. Dr. Berger has a great phrase in his emotional sobriety workshops. He talks about we need to learn to hold on to ourselves. So how do I do that? So that's the right question. Yeah. Yeah. We get self-esteem from doing esteemable things like the work that you're doing where you're learning, oh, I need to take responsibility and I don't get my sense of self-worth from other people's words or actions. That's in my head. That's not here yet. Well, so. then, and, and it's wonderful that it's in your head. That's a great place to begin because then you can think about cutting the puppet strings. I was a puppet on strings to circumstances and people. This process made me aware of that. So then I was able to consciously begin to cut those strings and not rely on people and circumstances for my sense of self-worth. Okay, so now I'm in the deer in the headlights. Okay, so now what do I do with that? Okay, so now I realize I'm looking to others for validation. I don't want that. So is there like another part to this? Or is that another workshop? <laughs> well, it's the work of the fourth and fifth step and the balance of the work. So you're, you have begun. You okay. have begun this work and you work with your with the workshop and with your step guide and sponsor and talk to us in a year from now and see how it looks. Oh, great. <laughs> I yeah, give, no, I want to give that perspective. It took a full year for me to do the steps 
and it was transformative, but it then continued for several years as I continued to do this work, expand and deepen this realization. I'm responsible for me. Okay, so that's what this is doing. This is starting to get me to see yeah. that I have like from 18 to 21 on, I need to start taking responsibility because I've been making everyone else responsible for my happiness. So what this is doing is cracking yeah. that maybe I need to start taking responsibility, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I love the way you phrased it because it says, well, maybe I need to take a look at this and you're taking a look at it and you will then come to a conclusion that the maybe will disappear. <laughs> Wow, this has been an incredible workshop. Um, well, this is this work is life changing, and yeah. you're right. You're right yeah. to perceive it that way. It's like I, I can't stop doing it because I discovered the how you say the cure for cancer. Yeah. How would you put that under a bushel? You gotta you gotta bring it to people. Say, people, people. There's there's yeah. a solution. Well, I'm so grateful for your um, your guidance and everybody's vulnerability. This has wow. been just incredibly beneficial. I mean, I've been in step program for 35 years, Alan on an AA, and and I've done you know four steps, fifth steps, and this is this is amazing. So thank I, you. Um, so I'm so the, glad you're here. And yeah, uh, you you had the third column crack you open quite. A oh bit. yeah. Uh, where yeah. are you now with regard to this fourth column, like we've been talking about it? Yeah. So, um, you know, this is concerning my brother molesting my sister and, um, you know, having just learned that in October. Uh, so my my perceived role is, you know, feeling unprotected, victimized. I had a, a similar experience, but I had already like done that fourth step, done that fifth step. I had no idea this happened to her, you know, decades later. Here I am learning it. So. It's just that that feeling of, of anger all over again, like, and she's even sort of bringing me into the story, like she thought I was there when it was happening to her. And I'm like, oh, dear God, well, memory when we're children can be a funny thing. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. Um, yes. So, ugh. but to the, to the point of this particular part of our work here, yeah, I felt unprotected. I felt like a victim. You know, I was the middle of seven kids and my God only knows where my parents were and what did they know? Right. So, um, you know, is the event true or false? I, I mean, it happened. It's true. It's true. Um, and you know, we all we all know these things happen in families. So what's your perceived role here now, though? What's your perceived role? Oh, um, again, uh, it was really helpful in the third column to realize. Uh, I think I feel like I failed her. Yeah. And yet that seems so crazy to me. Like I was just a kid too. <laughs> how did I, how was I responsible? Yes, yes. You weren't responsible then and you're not responsible now. Exactly. And, and crazy in the sense of it's not healthy thinking. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah but, thank you. So now it's going to be healthy thinking because you're going to look at the truth. This happened, it's unfortunate. Right. It wasn't your fault. And you have, and it's actually at this point, it's none of your business. Yeah. I, I mean, I hear that up here, uh, but in my heart, I'm like, really? But she told me. She did tell you. What did she tell you? 
what happened to her? But when you right. say that, I go to the dishonesty piece. And what I wrote was, you know, Greg molesting my sister has nothing to do with me. Has nothing to do with you. And so taking it so personally um, is really unhealthy. That's where and I had somebody in my workshop jump up. This was three or four years ago. And he said, herp, herp, herp. Reality, just what it is, what it is. But I take it personally. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, and again, that part of me that felt like I had to protect her, right? I mean, there was a lot of other crazy stuff going on in our house where there were definitely times I had to step in between her and that. And uh, anyway. That's the dynamic of a dysfunctional yes. home. Yes. And we learned, look at my hands here. Yes. The definition of forgiveness in the dictionary is a decision to release. Yeah, thank you. It's so gentle. Yeah. But it's a decision. I can't change history. No. And I wasn't responsible then, and I'm not responsible now for, for any story. I am responsible for my thinking and feeling about it. Yeah. Yeah. And even as others have talked throughout the afternoon, I've been seeing myself as this protector of the underdog, right? Like really have taken that role on in my life. Right. Right. Yeah. You were trained for it. Definitely. <laughs> right. So um, the self-seeking acting on my own behalf, and you're asking us to look at it through the lens of today, like presently, right? Right. So the best I could come up with in terms of like my relationship towards my brother is, you know, I'm ignoring him. I keep my distance away from him. That's not just because of this recent revelation. That's how I have felt about him most of my life. Yeah, he's not trustworthy. Exactly. So you detach. Exactly. The I just really keep my guard up around him. The fact of your he's your brother is irrelevant. Yes, he's thank not you. A trustworthy person. Exactly. Exactly. And so in the in the selfish, the thinking about myself, you know, you, you know, obviously earlier you heard me judging him. Uh, I, I kind of can go into that place of, you know, un, he's unworthy of my love and attention. Um, and and to to that point, you know, he I don't know if he's necessarily unworthy of my love and attention, but yes, he's not a trustworthy person. Yeah. He definitely isn't. Yeah. And I and in my gut, I know that I don't have to, like, talk myself into that. Right. Um, and then, you know, the fear, afraid of letting my guard down, afraid of him manipulating me and like me being such an, you know, a kind, caring, helping the underdog kind of person, you know, oh, I always want to be helpful to everybody. And that, that boundary where that I get really lost in that. My wife said to me in part of my amends process, Trust is never given, it's earned. Oh, I love that. Thank you. And it's earned through consistent behavior. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, he's consistently shown me he's not, he's not trustworthy. And so don't trust him. Yeah. That's yeah. your responsibility now. Yeah. And, and if you have any problem with helping versus enabling, go yeah. to Al-Anon because Al-Anon has lots of experience with that. 
well, I do go to Al-Anon and this is going to, yeah. <laughs> thinking about this is, um, is another way to be, I'll say, thinking about that. And we take responsibility for our thoughts, for our feelings, for our actions, but we don't take responsibility for others' right. actions or thoughts or, or, or behavior. Right. Yeah. Did you want me to comment on part five about Please. responsibility? Yes. So, you know, you, you've kind of got it broken up into then and now. So when I first heard about my sister's experience, I just, of course, felt sick. And then I shared a little bit about, you know, my own experience and just said, I, I, if I was there, I don't remember, right. you know, with, with you. Right. And then now when I think about my brother, I don't, I don't want to resent this, him. I don't, I don't want to carry this fear of, of him around recognizing he's not a trustworthy person. I'm pretty sure something happened to him. Sure. Well, and, but, and therefore, I but, know that and that's that, interesting and that's an explanation. Right. It's not an exoneration. No. And, and you have to make up your own mind as to how you're going to deal with reality. Exactly. Yeah. So prayer in this sense for me, I think will provide me. I like how you talk about that spiritual shield. Yes. And so I think it's appropriate in this case to think about it that way. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's yeah. been really helpful. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer. I crafted it for this workshop. So let's pray this, what I call healing prayer. It's a version of the seven-step prayer. I think it's a little more positive and a little more current. My creator. My creator. My creator. Willing that you should I'm come. Now willing all of me help healthy me. and unhealthy. Healthy and unhealthy. I pray that you now heal what stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me knowledge and strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for your robust participation. Thanks, Herb. You bet. Thanks, Herb. You bet.